Life Audio. Today on Talk About That, John ponders writing a cookbook and tells us what not to do if you're officiating a wedding. Meanwhile, I tell a risky joke at a mega church and have a microphone literally taped to my face. Plus, a conversation about Holy Communion and why it's important to our faith. Today's episode is not sponsored by Honey, delicious and nutritious. Also, bee vomit. But first, a word from our actual sponsor. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolf. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Just two normal guys, two microphones, and the world listening. Johnny, let's talk about that. The world. The worldwide web. I think if it was normal guys, normal guys would not say two normal guys. (laughs) It's true. It's like a weird disclaimer. Hey, just hanging out over here being normal. Nothing to see here. Yeah. (laughs) I think our new. I'm just like you, humans. I think our new description mm-hmm. says something like we're quirky. Quirky. I think we call ourselves cerebral, and which that's which you fought against that. I don't like that. But I was like, well, if you don't, but you're inviting them to the show, not to us. What you're saying is we're going to try to talk about yeah. in depth things and not just two guys going zingers the whole time. You know what I'm saying? I think <laughs> people say zingers. You never said zingers. No, not as a. It's like a bazinga, like a Sheldon on uh-huh, the Big Bang. Bazinga. I'm glad they gave that up. It's like a, we're going to get a catchphrase launched. They tried to make t-shirts and stuff, yeah. but he didn't say bazinga after like season two, if you remember. Like they were like, let's give up on bazinga. Again, it's a cerebral show. I think I read that like people were comparing Big Bang Theory, which gets knocked on, you know, uh, a lot, but uh, to Arrested Development, which didn't get the ratings of Big Bang. And it was like the comparison was... Big Bang is a show about smart people for dumb people. And Arrested Development is a show about dumb people for smart people. And I think there's something to that. Like, Big Bang is something like a 14-year-old would like. Arrested Development, like, it's so complex, the writing, and not everybody got it, which is why it got canceled. Yeah. Uh, I'm not hating on Big Bang, though. It made me laugh before. I heard a lot of hating on it, but maybe you're just reading all the... I I know you have your fingers on the pulse. I'm very sophisticated, sophisticated, (laughs) as you know. I feel like that, and of course, I'm a big Office fan. Yeah. I feel like Big Bang has more jokes per capita, like per second, mm. of any show that I watch. Like, it's not, the laughs come much faster. Yeah. There's a laugh almost every line. Well, it's it's a laugh track, John. Yeah, but I laugh. Johnny, uh-huh. I am the laugh track. Do you think track. you're laughing because the crowds, have you ever seen those things where they take the laugh track out this and just play a thing? Laugh, yeah. It's pretty, whew, those are painful. Like old Friends episodes, they'll do that too oh. online. And you're like, ooh. Yeah. That's cringy. I, 
I actually, again, maybe I'm the dumb person because I, I really feel like it's, to me, it's, it's yeah. witty enough that it, it gets me that someone could be that witty. I think I laugh because I'm, in, I'm admiring the writing too. I'm like, oh, wow. Yeah. You found that twist and then you found that twist and you found that twist. You know? I wonder if anyone admires us. I don't think so. No, probably not. I don't think, why should they? You know? Exactly. We talked last. We talked a few weeks ago about what would be on our bingo card, yeah. and we have a, a longtime listener, Sandy Kimbrough, who she made us a bingo card. Sandy, this is amazing. And she sent it to me, and she even put like the logo in the little free space in the center. Yeah, here, I'm, I'm going to show. It, yeah. yeah, hold we, it we up. Both have, it, we both have a copy here, so if you're watching camera. on YouTube, so I'm going to read my favorites. <laughs> uh, recovery, of course, in quotes. You have to mention recovery. Uh-huh. Uh, a project, a project John can't quite talk about yet. <laughs> There's a lot of those. It's like top secret. Yeah. Uh, using a word that they don't know, uh, or is it you don't know? So I guess they use a word you don't know. So she's saying we use fifty cent words that she didn't know. She's not saying we're using words we didn't know. Although that happens it too. It would be hard for us to use a word we don't know. No, no, no we use words in incorrectly sometimes. Though, I would imagine that happens sure. sometimes. We're, we're she just to be means like, loquaciousness for the sake. Of <laughs> prolixity. Right. Okay. Sorry, go ahead. Uh, mention of me being in church on that Sunday, which is rare these days, and I apologize. I've missed a lot of Sundays. You know what? And I enjoyed the sermon myself Sunday. As you did it. Yeah. Like, sometimes that's not you're always like, the case. You're like, I'm on today. No, I just was like, ooh, this, I like this topic. So, And you weren't there. And I'll you're going to go back and watch. Oh, well, I'll watch the archive. No, you won't. I really will. Okay. Give me a little bit of credit. Mention of people yelling at their phones right now. That's in a spot, which that's true. We're always like, people, are, people are screaming at their phones, which yeah. they're probably not. Uh, not a sponsor. That's uh, mm-hmm. there. Uh, but my absolute, I don't know what your favorite is, but my absolute favorite was how smart Laura is. <laughs> that, one, <laughs> that one made me laugh. That one really made me laugh. It's so true. It's true. It is true. And Laura is smart, but it's just funny. Okay, go ahead. Uh, what is, I liked, uh, okay, mention of my dogs. Yeah. Mention of your bald head, which that just feels like I take pot shots at your head. I don't. I don't you mention your I head. I you mention my, your. I take shots in my head more than you do. Headshots. Headshots. Really. We call this. Uh, yeah. Mention of another podcast, which we're just. That's, that's usually that's you, us giving back. We're trying to be. Actually, I think that's usually you saying how we don't measure up. Oh, is it? Yeah, you'll be like, so I've got another podcast, blah, 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 and then you're right. like convincing the listener to why not, they shouldn't like ours, I'm and sorry. I'm always like, don't do that, and then you're. <sighs> The bingo card is really bringing us together on some stuff that we need to. It's it is out. it's a, it's a weird thing too because it's like I took it all in fun, but it is it's kind of like a a view from above. You're seeing your show through other people's eyes when you I think read it's this. Am- I'm like amazed, and this wasn't the only listener that reached out right on this. I think it was a listener that suggested it. Uh-huh. Right, I'm amazed, like completely blown away and humbled that somebody's listened so much that they picked out all this stuff like i go wow I that's i don't think you know what humbled means humbled would be when we realize that no one's listening <laughs> and we cancel the show you can be if you feel honored then okay honored, humbles honored you. is not yeah, it humbles you to go mm-hmm. oh i'm not like wow this is no. i'm going wow somebody somebody cares enough to listen yeah. to our show and that means a lot to me uh, i think the funny i think i think for me the funniest one was a project John can't talk about yet. Yeah. That's very funny and true. And it sounds kind of like you make up projects. Right. I think you guys, well, at the end of every, every show, we'll be like, Johnny's coming next week to this and this and this, but yeah. I write books. So yeah. they don't happen fast. You know what I'm saying? And it's right. always like, like I had a call today. I really did. Everybody, 
It's a real book. John has a phone. But he probably won't know about it for another... It won't come out for another year and a half. I mean, you know, like... And a, it'll take another six weeks to realize it's a total flop. <sighs> it does, it, you can figure it out pretty quick. Oh, can you? Oh, yeah. It's, yeah, my buddy uh, Ted, who I've promoted his book on the show... And then I did a little video and I put it on my channel because I'd been promising a while. And right. it was like, he goes, this week would be a good week for it because it's like the first two weeks are important for Amazon yeah. sales. And so I did a little video and I said, you know, this Ted's a friend, but this book will really help your marriage and it's fun and whatever. And then I said at the end, you know, he didn't get, he's my friend, but he did not pay me to say this because I asked and he said no. And I did that <laughs> whole thing. Anyway, like that video got like nine or 10,000 views wow. in an hour. It made me money. Like it, that video was monetized by Facebook, and I told Ted, I was like, I made like twelve dollars <laughs> to promote your book, and then like I had people in the comments saying, just ordered it, just ordered it, wow. and then he goes that same day, he passed Gary Chapman for number one because Gary Chapman's always number one uh-huh. in Christian living. Five love uh, languages, yeah, five love languages. Yeah. And then it's five love languages in right. Spanish and five. There's literally, literally he's five in the love top languages five for children. Five yeah. Love, yeah. Um, so anyway, he made number one that day and he was like trying to, he was sarcastically giving me credit. But then later on, like a lot of people really did it when he goes, no, you helped me sell some copies. And I was like, well, look at this, my, my massive online platform, finally helping someone. When did, yeah, that never happened. And I'm your best friend. It's not going to happen, John. <sighs> Why don't you write something worth reading that, and I'll help you. That Listen there, that is the truth. No, I was surprised because I was just like, <laughs> I'll do it as a thing. And then it, it just, I was surprised that people watch it. And like, I literally had friends text me and they go, Hey, we ordered the book. And so I would send Ted those texts and be like, people are ordering the book. Yeah. He goes, no, it really has helped. I think that maybe you helped more than good, good morning America helped because I thought that was going to happen. I think John, what you mean to say is GMA three. <laughs> it was good morning America three. <laughs> <laughs> it is good morning America. Yeah, but it is is GMA three. It is their second it's the third show. hour. It's the third hour. It it's a syndicated. What is it? Is it online? No. What is it? It's still on the air. Yeah. Okay. So what, so I'm just like yeah, these cameras are on. Why isn't the red light on? Don't worry about it. <laughs> you're on Good Morning America. <laughs> Tell your family you're on Good Morning America. No, it's a. Yeah. It's so most of those morning shows have gone away from like. A yeah. lot of interviews uh-huh. in their morning hour. You know, it's like only the Obamas get those interviews or whatever. Yeah. You know, um, it's more news and other things. But if they have like author interviews, they do them in the third hour. Yeah. With a different set of hosts in a different city. And I'm just kidding. We were in New York. But, but uh, I'm just saying, I thought yeah. it's, it's crazy how an online post can drive traffic. And, and that's sure. the, the algorithm decided to push that to that many people. You and never that's know. Awesome, but you never know what's going to do. You never know. And But John, let me just make this vow to you. The next book you have. Now that I'm, listen, my Facebook's grown. Now that, grown. now that, now that I'm where I am. But what if the I'm algorithm. Gonna, I'm going to send the elevator down for you. Johnny, I need, please. I'm on the bottom floor. Johnny, I'm in the basement. Well. I've been taking the service elevator. Well, let, me, let me say this though. It's cool down there. That's true. It's you know? very... We're underground. No, so. I'm going to help. I'll do whatever I can, John. You know that. Hey, I'm, you know what, Johnny? I'm going to help you, too, you? whenever you have your next thing. <laughs> I need help. I'm trying to... Listen, this weekend, I'm trying to sell tickets in uh, Baltimore and or Maryland area and Virginia and uh, Pennsylvania, and yeah. uh, we have not got the word out, evidently. 
So uh, it's, it's too late for this audience to buy tickets because to that. It'll have happened. Let me just say, when I come back and I'm talking about the shows, it may be that I went up in front of rooms that were a third full, and comedy yeah. can be very humbling. So we're not uh, – listen, my name alone does not just sell tickets. So See, in that case, your humbleness will I come se- from- My humility. I sell books. I don't sell comedy tickets. Okay? <laughs> I'm a bookseller now. <laughs> that reminded me of that time on Friends whenever uh, Joey's helping Ross, and Ross says, hey – Hey, Joey, listen, if you ever need help with girls to have any women troubles, you just let me know. Yeah. And Joey's like, yeah. okay, yeah. buddy, it means a yeah. lot. It does mean a lot, Johnny. John, I'm trying. No, I appreciate it. Uh, you know who else is trying? What's that? These sponsors, man. They they're are. They're working hard. Well, I mean, they're spending money. That's important. I mean, they're, yeah, they're you spend money. Space. you got to spend money to make That's money. What That's say. what I've always heard. I don't know what, I don't know what they're going to say. No. But we should probably take a moment and listen to them. So okay. uh, here we go. And we're back. Uh, yeah, I mean, 12 minutes in, Johnny. Yeah. And here we are. We've it's already all, said already, so much. We're off to the races, really. I'm telling you what. What What else is there to be said? No. But thanks to Sandy for the bingo card, and we appreciate all of our loyal listeners. If you want to support the show, uh, you can do so at talkaboutthatpodcast.com, where you can find all of our archived episodes. There's a little support the show button in the top right corner. If you want to leave us a note, which we've been getting notes from people. You can send us an email. There's a little uh, voice bubble. And by the um, way, if you support the show, you can get the show ad-free. That's right. Yeah. So uh, do that. We we enjoy that, and we really appreciate our patrons yeah. for patronizing us. Thank you. We would never patronize you. Well. We appreciate your patronage. We. Uh, volleyball's over for you, right, John? Volleyball's never over, Johnny. Well, I mean, the season. The school season. Oh, now it's what? Travel? Yeah. Travel ball? So she's already tried out and made a travel team, made a good team. um, Okay. Which, that's a big deal. I mean, it's never a foregone, you know, as they get older and talent continues to increase. I mean, she's 15. But you travel with your school, so it's technically all travel ball. We didn't used to travel, but they've changed the districts up. And Mm -hmm. we had two or three schools in our district that were an hour and a half away. Yeah. Which seems not like that should be your district, but it was. Um but yeah, it's nothing. High school travel, excuse me, high school school ball. High school school ball? High school school ball was much more travel than middle school school ball. But um, I like traveling. I don't know how you feel. I do too. You know, we're going to New Orleans. Like, we just got the list for, for club, and it's like a, we're going to. Oh, that's to, cool. Atlanta is always the big one, 25,000 people there. Yeah. Uh, Louisville's a big one. They got about 25,000 people there. Yeah. And then we'll be in. Birmingham twice, once proper, one of the cities, then outside of Birmingham. And Montgomery, that's a, that's a long trip. Yeah. And then we found out we're going to, uh, yeah, New Orleans. New Orleans is, uh, I was just there. Had some fantastic uh, seafood there. Did you have some etouffee? I, no, I don't eat etouffee. I had uh, some beignets, though, mm. at Café du Mont. <laughs> <laughs> and I ate them in the airport because they have a Café du Mont in the airport now. Oh, yeah. And so I'm over here and I'm giving my brother when they're hot, you know, they're fresh out of the, uh, yeah. and you're just like, get ready to, this is like a funnel cake from Jesus. It's unbelievable. Oh yeah. So I'm eating it. The powdered sugar's everywhere. I mean, and it's going, it's all over every, I'm like the vacuuming they must have to do in this airport. It's unbelievable. It's just, it's like a cocaine raid every time you walk around. It's unbelievable. So, but uh, Cafe du Monde, not a 
sponsor, but I wish Cafe Du Monde was a sponsor. It'd be a weird sponsor for a why Nashville based. Hey, come on! If you work for Cafe Du Monde, you listen in the in the Louisiana area. Yeah, they do sell the baking mix for their beignets. You can See, buy. It. I don't know. You have to have that that oil at yeah, your you house. Have to you have to have a fry daddy be to make your own. Yeah, they used to call me fry daddy. Did um, they? Yeah, I used to have a bit about that about how like you used to be able to buy the fry daddy. Yeah. You know, and people had them in their homes. And it's like, if you have that in your home, you're just saying, like, I give up. <laughs> you know, like, if you eat fried food while you're out, you're like, oh, it's, we're yeah. out. Let's have a corn dog. Yeah. But if you're at home making stuff, fire up the fry daddy. You're just saying, like, hey, yeah. the fair's in town. <laughs> it's not, that's not a good look. Well, yeah, if you're using it to make, like, if you, like, okay, let's just say you're like, like the corn fair. dogs for the family. You're suddenly deep frying Oreos on a yeah. regular just weeknight. Yeah. That, that's, yeah. That's given up. They deep fry the weirdest stuff at the fair, like fr- deep fried Kool Aid. What does that even mean? What is deep fried Kool Aid? Is it just the powder, maybe? I don't inside? know. I just remember seeing it on the. You ever had a deep fried PB&J? They do that? Mm-mm. They do. I had the Twinkies, though, and that was unbelievable. Oh. Of course, the Oreo. They have butter, and I've never. That's just gross to me. To me, that's just. Yeah. That's a bridge too far. It is. Yeah. I like butter. Mm-hmm. I forget which one we got. We got a deep fried Oreo this last time in a, we got something else. A blockage <laughs> is what you got. <laughs> I took a couple extra Lipitor that night. It was yeah, fine. I think that's how it works. Put them in the. Yeah. Again, deep fried Lipitor. Put it in there. Now, do you have an air fryer? Yes. Now, Everybody, we, it's a rule right now. We use the, the air fryer. It's the law. For everything. Mm-hmm. I use the air fryer more than the microwave now. Yeah. I mean, like it's. It's unbelievable. Like, you know, you can get a rotisserie chicken at Costco for $5. But do you air fry it? You well, bring the rotisserie it, home Once and air it's fry been, it? you've already eaten your first, and it's in the refrigerator. I see. You pull it out. That's how you freshen it up. Yeah, man. Now you Doesn't got, dry it out? No, not at all. It brings out the juiciness, Johnny. John, you shouldn't make a cookbook. Did you know, I saw online, it's funny, I've never done this before, but on, on LinkedIn, uh-huh. there was a, a uh, posting for, you know, they'll... Tell me what I'm uh, a good match for. So it was like Ghostwriter for some some person. I think you were on Tinder, John. What are you? <laughs> you're a good match for. Sorry, my my skills set oh, is a I good see. match for okay. the job. All there right. you go. And it was like uh, it was Ghostwriting for a media personality who's doing a cookbook. Okay. And I had like over a thousand applicants, but I applied. I was like, yeah. I would love to try that, right? Because I mean, I love the food side, and I could always. Lean into my wife on that one because, as the bingo card says, she's so smart. She's so smart, especially with food. She really knows a lot of stuff about about yeah. life in the kitchen. Well, so, that's what we call the book. I'm just kidding. <sighs> my, my wife in the kitchen. That sounds life, very mis- life. Life. Oh, in life the in the kitchen. Yeah. Uh, there well, is a book she read as by a guy like back in the fifties called uh, "Life Is Meals." And it was like super deep philosophical stuff that also had recipes. Like it was, he'd be breaking down some, you know, common French, not common to us, but like a really important French dish and then making observations about life and the world. How it fits in the community and why meals around the table are so Uh, important for culture. And he's teaching you a lesson. Yeah, we're about to have a series on the Eucharist. uh, And really, you know, our traditions. How did you grow up with like like this? Like we took communion mm-hmm. maybe once a month, right? Uh, if that, yeah, and it, it, yeah, and it gets lost in the you know mix. And we want to bring that to a much more centralized part of what we do here. Mm-hmm. Um, and I do, I am of the belief that communion can be any meal. 
Mm-hmm. Like I really, you know, it is important believers are together that we remember Jesus and, you know, celebrate him and uh, remember his death and resurrection until he comes back. So, so like I, but I do think also doing it as a sacred, as a sacrament, you know, in the, yeah. in the service is important, but that part of our community, I, I'm, I think it's interesting because we're about to have another event after church coming up at the end of October, you know, and we're planning this morning a staff meeting. I mean, even if it's hot dogs and chili and there's a Titans game on outside, you know, yeah. it is a chance for us to be together. So yeah, life is meals, Johnny. Life is I mean, it sounds like a weird, it sounds like a, it's not conjugated appropriately to me. Yeah. It sounds like a weirdly worded statement. I can't help it. I wonder if it was originally in English. If yeah. That book was. Life is, life is meals. But I think that's correct. It just sounds strange when you say it. Meals are life. But see that. Me. See, life is the subject. Therefore yeah. is, has to be, but see, what you have is two, you have two nouns. Mm-mm. You know what I'm saying? We'll fix it in post. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. I got to listen. You talk about travel. I got to go. This was a long one. I did. Oh yeah, and my, it was one of those my agent does on a globe kind of <laughs> trips too because I was in right. drove a one way rental car to Napanee, Indiana, which is seven and a half hours, middle of nowhere, Amish country, by the way. Oh, I told you there's a theater there called the Round Barn, and they have buggy parking literally. So they have wow. Amish people that come to those shows. Yeah. So they have special parking for the horse and buggies, uh, in in addition to their regular parking lot. Anyway, I'd been done a show there before, and the people there are super nice. But we had technical difficulties in this show, John. That's no good. Uh, it's not good. And we had uh, two microphones that went out. My opener, I had an opener for this show, and he went out there, and his mic was cutting out like he was going through a tunnel on a cell phone, kind of a cutting out, like every every fifth or sixth word. Yeah. And he couldn't figure out what to do. And the crowd was so game for it. Like, it was a couple hundred people. They were really game for it, and they were like, not revolting yeah they weren't ready to leave but i was like we got to fix this and so i get the backup mic and i put it on the stand when i come out it immediately starts cutting out too these were not the best mics i would venture to say and so now i have a decision to make right and i'm like 15 minutes into my set and i'm like feeling bad because i'm like these people paid money well yeah and i gotta do something they come on stage to try to fix the mics and the battery and all that there's nothing can be done I decided to pull the plug. I go, hey, we're going to take a break. And we, I took a break and we. Have you ever done that before? No. But I didn't know what else to do because it was not going to get better. And I remembered them saying that they do these like school play kind of productions mm-hmm. of like lapel. They have these lapel mics that you just like put on somebody's cheek. <laughs> Is it a, a countryman? Mm, I guess, but it's like they literally taped so they it. They tape it. They taped it to my face, John. They clear tape. Were you sweating? Because it was outside. I was not sweating. It was okay. in the. It was in a barn, round barn theater. So it was in a. Yeah, it was, yeah, in a, it was inside. indoor venue. Yeah. I thought for some reason you were under a covering, but maybe the doors were open like a barn. No, no, no. It's like a. It's like a big silo looking. Gotcha. Uh, venue. It's really interesting looking. So all that said, I came out not knowing if this was even going to be a fix, but it luckily worked, and we got through it. And then the crowd was just so great. Like they were so patient. And we did not lose them, which is really hard. Well, yeah. It's very easy. How long to, was the stoppage? 10 minutes, 15 minutes. That's a, that's a significant stoppage. I thought, I thought if, and they were fumbling with everything, trying to get it together. And I kept thinking, like, we're losing time. Yeah. We're losing them. 
So when I go back out, I just thought this will take 10 minutes for me to get them back on track. And it just didn't. They were so cool. Did you jump right back into the joke that you left off? Tried to. I was like, where was I? And just tried to be fun with it. And of course, I made fun of the situation a couple of times. Like I had a track for the joke journal. Mm -hmm. They play this piano track. And I go, do we have that? And when it came on, I go, see, they've never let us down. And that got a big laugh. Oh, wow. And But I had to. You have to reference right. the issues. But, I mean, I wasn't, like, being a diva about it. I think I was a pretty good sport. Yeah. But but it was it was tough. Like, and it could have, like, if that mic had failed, that was it. The mm. show's over. That was the last. You wouldn't try to go acoustic, it would you? And I basically did with my guitar because the guitar, there was no plug-in was for no it. DI. There was no DI. And so... I just had to play it open air, but the the building was too big for me to like open air preach, <laughs> scream yeah. my jokes into the air. Uh, so that would have been tough. I think we would have had to just been like, let's give out refunds. So I'm glad that we were able to like the last, the belly reserve shoot worked. Wow. You know what's fascinating? What's that? I had a very similar experience at exactly the same time as you. Huh. On Saturday. Yeah. I was doing a wedding. With a cheek mic taped to your face. Well... I had brought a little, they were, they were just going to, they said, Hey, it's the small wedding. It's outside. Just don't use a mic. And I was mm-hmm. like, uh, like I just know with wind, there's all kinds of things. People, they're not going to be able to hear. It's like, are you shooting videos? Like, yeah. It's like, well, then you're not going to hear it. Mm-hmm. I'll bring a little speaker and I, and I had Dane grab a couple of our, um, wireless mics that we don't really use a lot. I got over there Saturday morning, hooked it all up. Yeah. It's working. But it's making like this noise. It starts this frequency thing, you know? Yeah. And I cannot get it to stop. I tried both of them. We tried different channels. And then there was a DJ who's going to do the post. Um, Like, he he was like, you want to just use my wired mic? I don't need it till afterwards. I was like, yes. And so we went and did a wired mic, but then Johnny. Yeah. I did not anticipate. It was so hot. I'm in a black suit. Uh-huh. It was a 91 degree heat index. I'm standing mm-hmm. at one o'clock in the afternoon, like directly under the sun. Right. And like, and I feel so bad. One of our listeners is the family. And you got to hold the mic in one hand and, and hold, hold your mic, book. And I have my little, my little book. You didn't and, have a lectern or anything? No. And I don't usually do that. And I've used a handheld with the book before, but I realized oh boy. that, and there was no, no wind before. All of a sudden, a breeze starts blowing, which is amazing, but it starts blowing my pages. I don't have a hand to keep the pages from blowing. Oh, boy. And so they're standing there, and I'm having to hold a mic up. But and they didn't blow to, away. They're not, like, flying no, out of the No, they're in, book. like, a little three-ring notebook. I see. And so I'm trying to turn them, though. You're such a nerd. I can't turn, because I, I manuscript weddings. I don't ad-lib weddings. Yeah. Like, it's the one, th- like, I don't, I don't manuscript all my sermons. Yeah. But a wedding and a funeral, I manuscript. Like, no, no, I'm, I'm probably not going to. I'm going to read exactly what's on Because it's page. people's day. That's the reason I make, singing at weddings used to make me so nervous because I used to sing at people's weddings and it would be because it's like, that's their day. Yeah. You mess that up. Like I've sang in front of thousands of people and I'm not as nervous as I would be at like Absolutely. a wedding of 50 people. Oh, yeah. Because you know people are filming it and they're going to go back and watch this every uh-huh. year. Or if it goes bad, they're going to watch it every week. <laughs> it's on the internet. Yeah. It, I, I told the DJs, like, I am so much more nervous, yeah. even at weddings than funerals. Yeah. Um, but like on those days, I don't, you don't want to get a name wrong. You don't want to. So, and I have them approve every word except now I will write a section sometimes that's not, I was like, Hey, let me just leave something here that you haven't read. You know, that I'll, I'll talk about the family or their stories. And those oh, well, things. you'd throw in a little. Yeah. But you've been to some weddings I've done. I have. You know, and um, I don't like the stuff you threw in. <sighs> well, 
I think you listen. Everything's like, not about you, everything's not about being edgy, John. It's like, why do you, you got to push the envelope? You're like, I was surprised you took a shot at me and yeah, someone else's wedding. It mm, was like, yeah. it was odd. <laughs> Gosh, let's talk about uh, it, Johnny, Johnny W is here. <laughs> I have seen. Yeah, you and I have witnessed. All right. And I don't mean to call what other people. I'm not saying how I do it's right, Johnny. Oh boy. But man, I have seen it done wrong. Yeah. I, I think in, in how I think. Like when somebody wrong. tries to do like a funny toast, but it's just like. They think it's a roast. And or a just, funny they, roast in the wedding. Yeah. I've heard yeah. pastors. I heard a wedding last year and the guy talked about the bride's ex-boyfriend or the groom's ex-girlfriend. Oh, no. I can't remember. Yeah. We didn't think that he was ever going to get over. And, and didn't say her name, but it was like, oh, no. he did. And I was like, okay, we need a bingo card for this. Like, I remember somebody said they gave a toast at their friend's second wedding and... The first marriage lasted like five years, and so the second wedding comes around, and so this guy was the best man again, and he gave a toast, and he said, good to see everybody here again. (laughs) I have done second weddings. Yeah. And I have done second weddings, and I've done the first wedding, too. And so they didn't think that the common denominator was you, as far as like, you're not the cursed That made me feel better. Yeah. Because there are times, you know, but yeah, it is like, don't. Don't, you know, in, in private, especially if something went, you know, mm-hmm. wrong that wasn't that person's fault, you know, kind of thing. And, and that happens just to be like, man, I'm, you know, it's, it's very redemptive yeah. in that respect. But, you know, the, if you make any sort of jokes and usually they're pretty, they're pretty good hearted about that. You know, yeah. they, they get that, you know, you don't do it publicly. You know what I'm saying? Like, right. But you don't, you don't talk about ex-boyfriends. I've seen that done multiple times, right? Ex-girlfriends. Yeah, that's, whew. I never thought he'd ever get over her. I mean, she was so pretty too, (laughs) (laughs) bro. It's just, and I've seen another one. We saw Laura and I talk about the time we're at a wedding one time when, I mean, I would say two thirds of the ceremony was the guy giving a discourse on generational curses. Oh, okay. As you do in a wedding, in a wedding, it was like, man, Mm -mm. this is, this is heavy, you know, like right. how this is going to break the generational curse of both families or whatever, you know. And, and it was just, it was, yeah. it was a lot. I've seen, I've seen them where, um, you know, it's a, it's a major talk about the role of men and women. Right. It has to be very, yeah. Like it's a, it's a gender conversation about gender roles in marriage. I think you're probably going to see that in tra- really traditional churches more now because it's like people want to fight the culture war with every event. Yeah, exactly. You want to make sure that I'm on the right side of this issue and I want you to know about it. Right. It's one of those like, but it, you end up getting into a super deep theological place. Yeah. Where it's not even about the couple anymore. It's about your stance on right. men and women's roles in yeah. the body of Christ or whatever. Yeah. I don't, I don't want to, I don't want to make a statement. Yes. At a wedding. I don't want you to make a statement. <sighs> Unless it's an apology. <laughs> Guys, a I'd me- like to start me- off by saying. A mea culpa from John Driver, <laughs> as it should be. When I do see a pastor open up and you can tell he's ad-libbing, I get, I get nervous for him. Yeah. I'm okay. Like, mm. So one of, the th- one of the events I did last week, which was super cool, and I got added last minute to it, which was called Gateway Conference. It's mm-hmm. a gigantic pastors and leadership oh, conference huge. in Gateway Church, one of the largest churches in Dallas, one of the largest churches in the U.S., and so Pastor Robert Morris had asked for me to be a part of it. And so I was like, this is really cool. I'm going to do like 20 minutes of comedy. I go down there 
and I meet uh, meet I met him, and then we hung out, and I could tell he was really personable. Mm-hmm. And for like the two days I was there, I was kind of kicking around in my head, like, "There's no way I'll do this," but I've been doing this bit. <laughs> you can't help yourself. I've been doing this bit in the shows now where I talk about pastors are like so good looking now and it's upsetting to me mm-hmm. because like they're all, they look like Instagram influencers with their perfect hair and they got this skin pulled tight like a shoe and it's all shiny and they're just like they're two hands like pastors were ugly when I was a kid. <laughs> they they scared you into heaven. They said, repent. You're like, OK, I got it. You know, and I was like, that's why I like Pastor John. That's what I would do if I was here. I'd be like, that's why I like Pastor John. He's real. Right. <laughs> And so, for whatever reason, I'm like, well, I'm clearly not going to do that. This is Pastor Robert Morris. He's whatever. He's this big. And it's, a, you know, he's a man of honor there. And it's a big deal there. Mm-hmm. So, I was like, I won't do it. But I'm killing halfway through my set. And I could not shake the idea of, like, I'm going to do this thing. And, John, I did it. I to just, one of the, I just went the pastor of one of the largest megachurches in America. I just went for it. And the crowd was on board. And then I kind of looked away and I was like, he's... Tell me he's laughing. Is he laughing? I don't, I don't look. And then, so it was funny. And then we took a picture together, and he posted. He posted about it, but then he referenced that I had called him ugly. And uh, yeah, I his, saw it in his post, which made me laugh. But he was like, he was so great and funny, even though he called me ugly. <laughs> and here I am, like posing with him. But he was so he was so uh, funny, and what a good sport he was about it. But well, and that's the key, and that's what you, you never know who's going to be the good sport. Yeah, but even if they didn't, yeah, like it, yeah. Don't they have to appear they have to, to be pretend? A good sport? So maybe that's what's still going on. I won't I be invited back, but he got to. I don't know if you if I if I really felt disrespected. I think it'd be hard for me to feel super disrespected if I know. Well, it's, a it's obvious somebody's being. Yeah, they're just busting your chops. You know, yeah. you're just saying you're saying a thing that you know is the most outrageous thing to say into right. a microphone because you can say it. Right. It's not clearly not how you really feel. Yeah, and I like people taking shots at me. <laughs> It's like a... It's probably why we're friends. Well, I mean, let's be honest. (laughs) You are a good sport. Like, if I was going to put good sport in my mind, I immediately would think of you. Like, you're very easy to, like, rib, and you know it's not going to be something where I got to go to you later and go, like, you know I was kidding, right? Right. (laughs) You know? Like, I just know that about you, that you get it. Yeah, I mean, I... Maybe it hurts you deeply, and you, you don't know, and then... I know. Do you cry horrible tears when we at night get off air every night? No, you know, I think for me, if it did bother me, I wouldn't be able to not tell you. Yeah, that's the thing for me. So you don't have to worry, right? If there's ever that's a problem, true. like I don't hold those things very well. You'll, you'll come out swinging. I'll be like, hey, bro, you crossed the line or whatever, and I had you get into the crane technique oh, position. You do not want. You do not. I promise. I, I promise you that should have been on the bingo <laughs> I card. Have. John, it's time oh. uh, for us to go back, all the way back, uh, to This Week in History. It's a segment we like to call Talk About Then. Uh, 1899, John, this week. Uh, a remarkable invention. The first motorized what is patented? What year? 1899. Tractor. Uh, John Thurman patented his gasoline-powered pneumatic carpet renovator what which later became known as the vacuum cleaner wow it was not a vacuum cleaner in the way that uh it blew a jet of air at the carpet and then collected the dust in a receptacle so it blew a jet of air that just spread out around i don't think this guy he needs to work on that he used uh his invention to start a horse-drawn door-to-door vacuum cleaning business in st louis missouri 
So horses are bringing this guy yeah. to blow air into your carpet and stir all the dust up, which he says he catches in a receptacle, but how? I need more information on Yeah, I don't know. This feels like it never should have happened. Like, you know what I'm saying? How did it ever become the vacuum we got right. now? It's, it's like just, if somebody said, like, yeah, I invented uh, the uh, the first uh, insulin shot. Oh, how did it work? Uh, well, <laughs> we, we poke you in the eye, and then somebody shouts, don't have diabetes at you. <laughs> Like that's not that's not insulin. Yeah, what exactly did you? you he pat- didn't, he made your house dirtier. It sounds yeah. like. It, yeah, he blew dust into the house. I don't, I don't know. By the way, if anybody ever pokes you in the eye and shouts, "Don't have diabetes," but, that's not a doctor. It could. That's. I don't know what. It's the weirdest example ever. Okay, John. This week, 1863, U.S. President Abraham Lincoln declared the last Thursday, November, to be National Thanksgiving Day. So I guess he was giving him a heads up, like, yeah. hey, October, November's coming. Get ready. Start hunting those turkeys. I don't know. <laughs> it was observed yearly, uh, except 1865 and 1869. Through 1938, President Franklin Delano Roosevelt uh, declared Thanksgiving as the next to last Thursday in November for 39 through 41, and the fourth Thursday in November starting in 19... They moved it around too much. Yeah. How did anybody ever know what was going on? I don't know. Do you are you one of those people that you can eat turkey and dressing any other day, or is it like okay, we're gonna have this thing that we don't normally like, but I'm gonna have it because there's a pl- there's a restaurant in Knoxville that has like a, a turkey dinner, uh-huh. and I get it when I go there because it's so good. Really? Oh, it's very good, and it it kind of and it even has cranberry sauce with it, and they mm. have it year round. No, no, I don't. You only like it that day. N- yeah. I don't do turkey. I'll do like turkey lunch meat with ham or whatever. I will say this. Turkey dressing, gravy, potato. It's a salty meal. Like it's a very, it's the saltiest day of the year. Yeah. And if you're with your family, it's super salty. You know what I'm talking about? Come on now. Come on. Because of the. Spilling all the tea and salt. John, this week, 1960, uh, one of your favorite television shows premiered. The Andy Griffith Show. Oh, wow. Do you remember what network? Uh, CBS. CBS. Nailed it. Sheriff Andy Taylor of Mayberry. Don Knotts is his cousin and deputy. I didn't know he was his cousin. Did you know that, uh, um, did you know that, um, that the Don Knotts was his cousin on the show? Yes. Barney was his cousin? I guess. Yeah, I didn't know that. I guess it's small town, so it makes sense they'd want everybody to be like sort of quasi-related. Then you had Ron Howard as Opie. Right. And, uh. And uh, Danny Thomas and Sheldon Leonard created the show as an episode of the Danny Thomas show. So it was a spinoff. I did not know that. The title of the show was Danny Meets Andy Griffith. So I guess they were trying to give it a good launch with this Danny Thomas uh, with his uh, platform. And uh, during the pilot, it was revealed that Opie's mother had died when Opie was, quote, the least little speck of a baby. So they'd already kind of decided Mm -hmm. that Opie was going to be an orphan uh, or at least uh, had no mom. So. Uh, that Andy was raising him as a single parent, hmm. which is an, it's an interesting way to go in a 50s show, right? Everything, yeah, really was, everything was. was like nuclear family, nuclear family. And then you had this sheriff in a small town raising this yeah, single dad. little boy. But it left him open for romantic interests. That's true. That, that was probably one of the ways they right. added, I guess, you know, could, that could bring casseroles and pies by the station a lot. Yeah. Without well, and you could also bring guest stars on all the time who might be romantic interests for him. That's a good point. And also, you had uh, Barney, who was single. Yeah. No, he dated Thelma Lou. Right. A lot of the show. Yeah. But so, I mean, you know, did you watch it? Yeah, a little bit. I wasn't like a 
you were more into it than I was, I think. I think as a kid, I mean, my dad, my dad liked it. And the sermon illustrations. There's oh, entire yeah. Bible studies. I do understand, by the way, it's not a show that ex- that uh, helped us see. <laughs> it's one of those like, it's one of those shows people say, I wish America was like it used to be. Uh-huh. And it's like at the time that they're shooting this, especially in the time that they're portraying, you know, there are also, you know, black Americans who <laughs> that is not a great time for them. Right. Yeah. You know, and they're not really reflected or, or represented in that show. Yeah. In it's always t- interesting, like the shows that we think of as like idyllic. And uh, but yeah, it's a it becomes like this locked in touchstone of your childhood. But you're seeing like this partial window. It's not a real full view of anything. You know, yeah. you're just picking and choosing. You're very you're cherry picking. You know. Yeah, yeah, that's true, and, and it's okay. It's okay to to see something, and that there probably really were towns like that, you know, yeah. in, in that time. Um, I don't know if that enough that that in itself is not is not a problem. So, but, yeah. I don't know. Yeah, but I, yeah, I, I think I think it was just well written. I was more of a Matlock guy. Can I, I say like that? Matlock. I like Matlock, and that was kind of like the thing he did. Like I don't think revitalized the group. It was kind of thing he did towards the end of his career. That was right. like a. That and reverse mortgage commercials or whatever else he did. Whatever you do when you get to be old in Hollywood. Yeah. Tom Selleck is selling reverse mortgages now. It's sad. Okay, John. 1952. Great Britain detonated an atomic bomb. See, and I didn't know that. I didn't uh, know Great Britain did as well. The test was conducted at the uh, Montebello Islands of Western Australia in Operation Hurricane. Hmm. And that's why they have all those crazy animals there, probably. They're detonating atomic bombs. That's why you can't go there without getting by a, bitten by a scorpion or a... Radioactive some, some spider big as your head. Ugh. I don't know if that's the reason. I just think they. That's probably just pretty wild. They just place. have a really diverse wildlife there. But yeah. But I mean, can I go ahead and blame bes- besmirch? England? Sure. Besmirch England for Australia's crazy. It is a scary place. Would you go to Australia and hang? Uh, you keep your head on a swivel there, right? Uh, like everything's poisonous. You know what? People who come here feel the same way. Think box, about it. Box jelly. They got well, crocodiles there. They got alligators here. They got crazy spiders there. We are the brown recluse capital of the world right here are. in Mount Juliet. You're right. Uh, oh, we are? Mm-hmm. Brown? Okay. They have, think about it. I, mean, I never knew. They're very reclusive. We have, uh, <laughs> nice. They have bobcat. We have bobcats all around here. Yeah. What would be the kangaroo equivalent? Huh. Uh, um, just a boxer. Yeah, we just got just guys random, in the woods. Yeah. <laughs> UFC fighters. Marsupial boxers. Marsu- they, they, yeah, they've got. They well, they like don't have pouches. They've got pack. a fanny pack. Yeah, yeah, that's yeah. fine. Anyway, keep your eye, keep your eyes out for those guys. John, you'll love this one. Nineteen thirteen. This week, the first U.S. federal income tax under the Sixteenth Amendment is signed into law. Do you know what it was? Do you remember? Do you know what the rate would have been? It was one percent for incomes greater than four thousand dollars. Wow. So, that was the federal income tax. And it stayed that basically that same rate, which I think is so neat. Yeah, no, nothing's changed. It's reasonable, I, and the government is spending our money on things that are worthwhile. I tell you, I don't know. I, I like it. I like that it stayed. It's completely stayed reasonable. Mm. Um, uh, let's see one more, John. Finally, Janet Lee, American actress, died this week, two thousand four. She was born in nineteen twenty seven. Do you know who Janet Lee is? Do you know, I don't. Janet Lee was the. She was an actress. She'd been in a bunch of films, but she's fam- most famous for the shower scene of Psycho. Ah, uh-huh. and she's also most famous for being Jamie Lee Curtis's mother. Oh, yeah. Okay. I know a lot about uh, Psycho because I was a horror film like aficionado when I was a kid. Like I had seen every scary movie, and I knew all about Alfred Hitchcock, and I knew about how they made the shower scene. Did your mom let you watch scary movies? 
I snuck and watched them. She wasn't happy about it. She knew, but she yeah. was not happy about that side of my personality. I think yeah, maybe it's maybe it's, you talk about being sheltered yeah. and I just don't know what brought it out of me, but I liked the thrill of being scared was fun to me. Yeah. But uh the shower scenes I go was like there were a few firsts. It was the first movie to show a toilet uh in a bathroom. Really? So it wasn't just the shower, like we didn't even show toilets. Uh they made that they made the blood from chocolate sauce because it's black and white. So they wanted like a very rich, like dark color. They ever turn that movie into color? It, it's going to be right. obvious that something's, real something's really wrong or Janet Lee is made of chocolate. Hmm. Yeah. I mean, that's a that's a strange plot a twist. A more appealing outcome it is what a, happened. It is a strange plot twist. Yeah. Uh, the stabbing sound mm-hmm. was uh, a knife stabbing into a cassava melon. Huh. You know, they have those artists that do the sounds. Right. You know, they, boop, and they have a slide whistle that guy. Called? It's, it's called a Foley artist. That's right. Yeah. So the Foley that. artist came through one day and he was like, I got it. This wow. is this is the synthetic human flesh. It's a cassava. It's going to give you that nice, you know, and it's like, oh, Who needed terrifying. that melon? Listen That's to all. you, buddy. I am. You are a. I'm a novice. I'm an amateur Foley artist. Yeah. Uh, and an amateur sandwich artist for Subway. <laughs> But maybe I won't be much longer if you'll keep coming to shows, guys. It's too late for you to come to my Baltimore shows, but too late. It's too late. You you had your chance. <laughs> but anyway, um, yeah, Janet Lee, rest wow. in peace. Wow. I can't believe you didn't remember that. No, that Janet Lee was the. I don't do horror movies. Yeah, but you know Psycho. No, you don't know the plot of Psycho. Norman I, Bates. I, I'm, I'm, I'm going to guess. Okay, go ahead. The guy is a psycho, <laughs> and he kills people in a bathtub. No. Okay. That's not the whole plot. No, but that one person dies. The- <laughs> right? She's taking a shower. She is taking a shower. And it's- he comes in. Yeah. And, well. He it, stabs her with a knife. But like- he's wearing a wig and a. he looks like his mother. So it's the, in the original movie, you think it's his mother who's the killer. Then he ends up being a man whose mother has long since dead. And he dresses up as his mother. And he's enacting. He's hearing her voice as he. That's. Yeah. It's. it's yeah, I don't, I'm not saying. Listen, it's not a sponsor. Why did you? I don't know. I just, I just don't like it. I don't. I just don't. And do I, don't wanna, I hate to spoil it for everybody who's not seen Psycho <laughs> out there and doesn't know that Norman Bates was actually the killer. But yeah, I'm not saying go watch it with your family. I'm just saying it's a very well known movie, and you should have known who Janet Lee was. Yeah, I'm sorry. She was a staple of Hollywood culture. Was that the last thing on talk about them? Yeah, I'm you sorry. closed with with that. I'm sorry. I kept waiting for something more. I got uh, the Siegfried and Roy Tiger attack. <laughs> Does that help? <laughs> that doesn't seem better. No. Do you remember that? I do. Oh, yeah. People I mean, thought, I wasn't there. People thought it was part of the show. Just like, I wonder if that if that would happen to me. Like, I think about that sometimes because we have mass shootings every day in this country now, which is a crying shame, but we've talked about that before, too. But I keep thinking, like, my show is absurd in places, yeah. and it gets loud and has these modulations. Like, if anything started ever going wrong like that in my show... I wonder how long it would take for someone to be like, this is not part of the show. Yeah, I remember we were uh, we were youth pastors. I was closing. The band was still on the stage. The youth room, we had about 100 kids in there. Kids were all standing, and they had been worshiping, mm-hmm. singing, So, and the band was loud. Yeah. And um, I just remember I had my eyes closed. I was closing that, trying to transition to the next thing. So no one was looking. Yeah. You know, and I hear someone kind of yell, which, you know, it's kids. So sometimes a kid will 
someone's laughing, someone's doing something. I really didn't pay attention. And then I hear it's Laura, like, stop now. Like, she's yelling. Oh, and I'm like, oh, open my eyes. And a kid had passed out. Like, we had to call an ambulance. Oh, no. Yes. I can't remember if we called an ambulance or not. But a kid was, you know, and they ended up being fine, but they were in distress. They had a medical emergency. But because yeah. of the, the, if it had been during a sermon or whatever, absolutely, it's easy to see. But, you know, lights are down, stage lights are on, bands playing loud, and I'm praying, you know, so there's not a lot of people looking. And it was just like, so... It's one of those. Yeah, the situation does sometimes dictate what it is you're. Yeah, you're responding to. It's kind of amazing. I haven't had a medical emergency in the audience at one of my shows as many shows as I've done. Yeah, I think I've been in shows with Tim Hawkins where there was somebody who had like a seizure and yeah. we just didn't know it. He was in the back and then they. Of course, I was in a show with Tim one time where I was downstairs waiting to go on. I may have told this story on the podcast years ago, but we're at this old theater in Hagerstown, Maryland. Yeah, it's like 150 year old theater. And it's got all those big plaster ceilings and fresco painting and stuff. And so I'm down in the catacombs waiting for – and I'm hearing the echo. I'm hearing Tim. And I know, like, I'm on in 10 minutes or so. So I got time. And I'm just pacing around, going over my set. These tile, subway tile walls down there in the basement of this thing. And then I hear this. Boom! And I go – and I heard Tim, like, go, is everybody okay? I hear the echo of that. And I ran up to the side stage. And – a 150-pound piece of that plaster ceiling had fallen. No way. Had broken free, free and fallen. And it fell right in between two rows where no. a, the steps were. So, like, it fell on the steps and broke. And it took, like, four guys to come in and carry the pieces out. That's it would have it, killed people. It would definitely have killed people. And it made the paper, uh, you know, this blah, blah, blah. And, of course, they're always trying to restore these theaters anyway. And so I guess that was the thing of, like, they had to close it. for. I don't know if they had oh, to close really? it to fix it. But... But, like, he finished the show. Like, they got the pieces out, and he kept going. And he goes – he tells a joke about it now, and it really happened because we kept the show going. And he goes, the show was so great, but he goes, I noticed every time I would tell a joke after that, people would laugh, and then they would look up. Well, yeah. Like, <laughs> they'd be like <laughs> – Yeah. they like, kind of give a little – Yeah. Yeah. The six I don't me? think people knew. Like, it was dark, and so people didn't know what danger they were really in. They just heard the thud, mm-hmm. and then – if you weren't in that section, you didn't see that, like, a, a, the size of a car piece of plaster there just fell. There is no way I'd stay. I'd, and, be, I'd be out of there. Yeah. The six in me couldn't do it. Yeah. I couldn't enjoy myself. If I'm with my family, well, yeah. if I'm by myself, maybe. I think if, because it was dark, they just didn't know that it was dangerous. Come on, guys. M- won't that? Mm. Mm-hmm. And if you know, if it fell once, mm-hmm. I mean, it's more likely now, because it's probably broken something else free. Yeah. Uh, nope, I'm out of there. Yeah. Yeah. He uh, said he tore the roof off the place. That's what he told told his wife when he got home. <laughs> tore the tore the roof off the place. Jeez. Yeah. Anyway. Oh, I want to say this too before we go. Okay. Uh, because I'm in the paper, John. Today. Oh. A little bit. So right. Deadline dot uh, com did a uh, an article about Nate Bergazzi's new production company called Nate Land Productions, which mm-hmm. is going to be podcasts and short films and some other things. One of the first projects is called Nate Land The Showcase, yeah. which is a thing we shot at Zany's in April. And it's like a bunch of guys doing showcase sets yeah. uh, for his YouTube channel. And I got to do one and I had a good set. And so my episode is going to be airing, but they did a whole article about Nate's new production company. And I mentioned in the article. Wow. So your, yeah. boys, your boys in the paper. Wow. Got a press mention. I did. Uh, yeah. That's awesome. So listen. Where can they read this article? Uh, deadline.com. 
Well, there you go. And I linked it on my socials, too. So okay. maybe we could add it to the show notes or something. So all you got to do, guys, is yeah, you could look at our show notes or follow Johnny W J O N N I E W uh, on socials. Go to johndriver.com and find out about all John's new projects that he can't talk about. Can't talk about it. It'll probably be a And year probably before. don't exist. But <laughs> listen, humor John. You can go back in time and read things. That's true. Um, How do you do that? Well, Go back because my books they they're back there. They're still. they're still around. You know what I'm saying? They're still there. They still exist. If you haven't read the Ultimate Guide for the Avid Indoorsman, yeah, Johnny, it's it's a fun book. It's, it's pure comedy. It's a fun book. Well, it's pure satire. Let's say no. That. It's a good book. Uh, yeah, award winning book. It did win three awards. Actually. They're hanging behind you. Yeah, I don't in know what to splendor. do with them. Well, what do you mean you don't want to do it? Well, you hung them up but, so that well, you can brag just, about them. I'm not bra- I wouldn't exactly. They're hanging on a coat rack. Like, yeah, it's because I don't know what to do. It's a. It's, I call that your metal tree. If I make a, if it's I make a coat like, rack. A, like a shadow box or something yeah. with the book, but then it feels. You know mm. what? I should probably do that. You shouldn't hang it behind you. Am, is that like? No, I don't think that's uh, self-aggrandizing. We need a whole episode for this. Like, I don't know about like you're so humbled that you won't even you know acknowledge your own achievements. Like that's a little bit. Yeah, but do you put your achievements? Does that cross into false humility then? If you don't even acknowledge that it ever happened, like I like marking time with the projects I've done. Sometimes I'm like, yeah, that was a cool, that was a snapshot of my show. Then it's fun, and that was a fun time. I wrote that book after my dad died, and he used to. I wrote, I wrote Tim Hawkins' book. My dad, yeah, loved it so much. Out of all the stuff I'd ever written, and he would literally stand up at like. Uh, oh, and do random readings and stuff. He would from read it? from it like at family reunions and That's stuff funny. at Christmas. And mom would just talk about how he would just he would just just hear him around the house. He'd already read it. Like mm. he would just because it was so absurd. Yeah. Most of that book was absurd, and, and that's the, very much the style of yeah. avid endorsement. That's great. Man. And so it was like a you know it was very healing yeah. to get to write that. I needed some some lightness at right. that moment. No, that's I got great. to write that. So my yeah. dad would read a list of his grievances <laughs> at family events for nice. us. So that's not good. as not as good. And One, frankly, a crappy end of the show, and I apologize. Yeah, sorry. And by the way, I dedicated that book to my dad. Oh, that's not... I didn't know that. Yeah, but he's, he's the dedication in the front. Yeah. People should go how, by... How far down the list was I before you were going to get to my um, dad? When, when will you dedicate a book to me? I don't... I have to die, don't I? It has to be... You know, we've talked about this yeah. off air. We've talked about if if you die, that I can have your truck. Do you really need my but truck? But if I die, I want to be in a dedication for a book. That's all? Well, I mean, what else do I need? I'm in heaven. I don't need you. If you die... Can I but take, I'm going to look down, and if you don't dedicate that book, I'm haunting you. What if I don't even know if haunting is real, but if it is, I'm coming back, bro. What if I took yeah. your jokes yeah. and started doing them in your place? Like, if I mimicked and memorized like an actor exactly how you delivered them. How is ripping off my jokes a fitting tribute? Because I'm still going to send the money to your wife. Oh. And some of the money. <laughs> Wouldn't that be weird? Like I'm, a, I'm a cover comedian at yeah. that point. Yeah. Do they have cover comedians? Mm. See, Johnny, I'm those a, are called hacks. I am trailblazing a new art form. Yeah, you could cover comedy. We should do it. Like, uh, guys, you're my best friend, and I'm just, and I just go boom right into Johnny W. Isn't that a Johnny joke? He's dead. We yeah. were good friends. He said I could do this. I'm going to need you to sign. I've got an affidavit. <laughs> you have to carry the affidavit laminated with you everywhere to prove it. Affidavit comedy. That's what we call it. Mm. Mm. It's beautiful. It is. 
Hey, guys, for real, check out our website, though. Johnny's already told you all about it, but there's a lot of great stuff there for you. Man, we'd love for you to join us on the journey by sending us topics and things to talk about and leave some reviews. It means a lot for us. Appreciate all of you who have been reaching out. Thanks for the bingo card, man. That's mm-hmm. unbelievable. Uh, you should check it out. And uh, you can watch this episode as well there on that website if you'd like to see it. from our Or on our YouTube channel. Our subscribe YouTube channel. there. Yeah. So thanks for the time you gave us. We'll do it again next week on Talk About That. Have you ever considered yourself a messenger? I mean, you are called by God, and aren't we all praying the big prayer, here I am, Lord, send me. So if we put two and two together, you've got a message to deliver, my friend. Whether it's mics like this, bookshelves around the world, stages to take, art to make, or businesses to build, it's time we start testifying truth, unashamedly, creatively, and in love. My name is Tamara Andress, the host of the Messenger Movement Podcast which is designed to catalyze Christians to speak, write, build, and testify. I use my mic like a machete, so if you don't like to get your toes stepped on or pushed off cliffs to finally jump on in with Jesus, I may be too much for you. But if you're ready to turn your message into a movement and want to run with other messengers doing the thing at scale globally, search and follow the Messenger Movement Podcast on your favorite podcast platform or lifeaudio.com today.